As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. And in three, two, and one. This week, this, 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 this week, this week, this, 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 this week, this week in Geek. This week in Geek, we cover the Nintendo and PlayStation announcements, Overwatch 2, and a lot of manga. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to our latest episode of the... I almost said the name of the old one, the Believe in Overwatch <laughs> yeah. podcast. I'm just... It's... After, I know we've changed, and it's our fifth week after we've changed, but it's still muscle memory. So, <laughs> let me try that again. Hello, hello, everybody. Welcome to the latest episode of the This Week in Geek podcast, where we are Matt and Kevin, or Kevin and Matt, depending on which order. Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. And how how have you been, Kevin? Uh, I've been I've been doing pretty good. Um, it's been a a lot of stress for me starting to figure out like how this whole content creation thing works. Uh-huh. Uh, so. Uh, as I've informed everybody, on the fifth of uh, of September, I officially like quit my job, and I've been doing full time content creation and just trying to figure out like a nice, like streamlined thing to do. Um, so since last week, I've essentially recorded all of my like Twitch streams and stuff like that. Um, I've been putting out TikToks every weekday, um, so I have a TikTok every weekday, and it's also exported the same way out to a YouTube short. So that other people can go and see that as well, um, but I've done that. And then on the eleventh, um, I was actually invited uh, out to Sacramento to go and help out on an event um, for the Collegiate Esports International. Um, and we ran this last year. Um, it was a small event uh, that was mainly for Rocket League, and we we just had the teams play Rocket League up on stage. Um, this year, they thought it was. No, no problem to just toss in a League of Legends tournament at the same time. So that was uh, that was another thing that we had to juggle. Uh, but it was it was really interesting overall. Of fun, fun little um, games, I guess that we had. Uh, I I could go into more detail. I don't need to like break down a ton. But it was at the Golden One Arena where the Sacramento Kings play. Um, we got to watch our games on the Jumbotron, which is kind of cool. Uh-huh. Um, 
and yeah, it's. I was mainly brought on. I wasn't brought on as a commentator or a caster. I was more just there to help with like tournament organizing and stuff, um, and just making sure that everybody's having fun and like you know, or coordinating with the teams and making sure that everything is going according to plan. So, uh, yeah, not not too much stuff going on with me, but um, still a lot of uh, other things going on. So, uh, I hope that yeah, it turned out great. Uh, there, there's a lot of things that I would fix, but. You know that it's all in the past now. Uh, we could learn from him. Probably take it next year. Um, but yeah, that that's about it. Um, and then uh, note to everyone: uh, don't don't do a tournament when you've only gotten thirty minutes of sleep. Uh, I oh, I drove boy. out there. I felt I found like a small corner. I did my job, and then I passed out for like two hours. And they're like, "Kevin, we need you." I'm like, "Okay." <laughs> <laughs> like, I crawled that out of my little like, like hidey hole. It was it was it was pretty bad, but like. I had a good time there. I, I I wouldn't say like the event wasn't bad. It was it was more like I wasn't in the correct like I didn't have enough rest. My batteries were at like zero percent the whole day. Yikes. Uh, but I somehow somehow got through it. So thumbs up. Uh yeah. Uh how how was your week, Matt? How's everything going on your end? It's been uh it's been a, a rough and very exhausting week. So this today's Wednesday, right? Yeah, yes. Wednesday. So we count. This is the sixth straight day that I've been doing something podcast. No, well, is it six? I think yeah, it's six, sixth straight day of me doing something podcast related, juggling the the multiple different podcasts that I've been doing. Aside from all the just daily grind of doing work, um, so I am working on. Oh, I'm, I'm not working on it. I'm co. I'm a co-host for my friend's podcast, Mars on Life. So we recorded a couple episodes. And no, this is my, I don't even know more. I think it is six. I was supposed to do a podcast on, yeah, it would have been seven. But I was supposed to do a podcast last week as well, but they didn't ever contact me. Anyway, um, but so yeah, I, I recorded a few episodes of that. Um, my friend Ryan, who also does that podcast, who kind of started it, um, me and him both live in Santa Clarita, or he currently lives in Santa Clarita. He's moving out to um, another state for work, in, I think, after next week. So this is his last week of like freedom. Then he's training for work, and then he's moving out to Worcester next week. Um, but so me and him, since we live in Santa Clarita, we thought it'd be funny to watch the Netflix show Santa Clarita Diet then critique it and it's just been it's been a trip because that show's not good at all it's terrible i hate <laughs> it it's really bad it's it's like on some aspects it kind of gets like the mundanity the mundanity and like banality of life in santa clarita very much to a point but it's like it's all, all the references that it makes to santa clarita are kind of like shallow and very half-hearted so we've been critiquing that. And then uh, yesterday I took a half day off work and then we kind of just went around Santa Clarita to all the places that they either shot at that were recognizable or they mentioned that were recognizable. Um, so that was a very exhausting day. Um, aside from that, I have not really. Well, I, I think today was like the first day I really got to sit down and like play video games for any decent bit. Um, but yeah, that's. It's been my week. It's tiring. And then on, I think on Saturday, 
depending on how work goes, I might actually be able to go to see the concert I paid to get tickets for. But Weird Al is performing uh, in Santa Clarita, which is interesting because I didn't I didn't know at the time when I bought the tickets that he would have a movie coming out about him. So this is a very cool, I guess, precursor to whenever I watch that film. Yeah, I'm I'm interested in the in the film as well. I mean, I heard Daniel Radcliffe is uh gonna be weird out. So yeah, from That's... what I know, they're they're making this movie as if it's like a Weird Al depiction of his own life. So it's gonna be like kind of wonky and insane, and like obviously not completely accurate to the events because when has Weird Al ever been accurate to anything? He just thinks his own way and puts his own spin on it. So I. <sighs> I wonder how much of this is going to be factual and how much of this is going to be Weird Al making his own legend. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it turns out. I mean, Daniel Radcliffe has had, you know, pretty good roles recently, too. I mean, we're from a wizard to a guy who's got guns strapped to his hands to now Weird Al. So, you know, <laughs> we, we, very, very good. Uh, very good progression, if you ask me. He was also a, a farting dead body in Swiss Army Man, which I haven't yes. seen, but I heard it was really good. So anyway, to shake things up a little bit, Kevin, why don't you start us off this week? Okay, yeah, so we will go into the the first bit. I feel like this is kind of the biggest thing um, that are on every gamer's radar was the uh, Nintendo Direct and PlayStation State of Play. Um, originally, Nintendo announced first, and then, and then PlayStation announced immediately after that they're also doing it on the same day. Um, there was a little bit of beef back and forth, but that's what Twitter's for, anyways. Uh, it's really funny. Um, if you guys ever do want to see, you know, two gaming companies beef, go for it. Um, but uh, I'm here to break down what actually happened um, for both of the days. Um, I sat down with my Twitch stream and I watched it live with them, so they they all got to see my live reaction to a lot of these things. Um, also, wasn't that the was... uh, Nintendo Direct, and at least in the UK, not done live? They posted it after. They went live as a as a yes. vod because of the uh, the passing of the queen. Yes. Uh, they they did that uh, to make it easier, and they also did like, uh, for some reason I couldn't watch the one on the, what is it on the U.S. channel, um. So I I had to go to the Australia channel to watch everything, but uh, it worked. Uh, so we're gonna go ahead and uh, break down a couple of the things that I saw from there, um. So the Nintendo Direct uh, was technically first, so we're going to go over that. Um, the first thing that they announced is a new Fire Emblem game called Fire Emblem Engage. Um, it, it has like newer characters who can tap into the the past and utilize characters who we've seen in previous Fire Emblem games. It's kind of like a projection of sorts. Um, I made the joke that Fire Emblem Engage is pretty much uh, traditional Fire Emblem plus stands. Um, so very JoJo's like, if you really like that, um, that is supposed to come out on January 20th of, of next year. Um, so if you guys are looking to play more Fire Emblem, that is the time to go. Um, the next announcement would be, uh, I'm not going in any order of like what was in the order of the direct. I'm just going in terms of like what I thought was kind of interesting to pick out. This is Kevin order. This is just uh, my order. Don't, don't worry about it. Um, next one was Pikmin 4. Um, Pikmin 4 uh, is, you know, still a continuation of the original Pikmin. Um, they really wanted to cash in kind of on the uh, on how well Pikmin Bloom is doing so that they can uh, 
you know, promote this new Pikmin game. It's going to be for the Switch. That's coming out in 2023. They don't have a specific date planned um, for that yet. So it, it's just kind of like next year sometime. Um, so nothing nailed uh, 100%. Um, something that is nailed, though, is The Legend of Zelda Tears of the Kingdom. Um, that is going to be the next uh, Legend of Zelda game. That is going to be coming out on May 12th of 2023. Um, they were showing us uh, some more of the behind the scenes stuff of that, like the gameplay trailer. Uh, one of them, I was about to lose it because uh, the first thing that they do is they have Link like jumping off of a high building and like with a with a paraglider, and he's like floating down. And I was like, I swear to God, if Link lands in Fortnite, I'm gonna lose it. <laughs> like I'm gonna <laughs> no. I'm gonna just give up. Like that that cannot be the end of your announcement trailer. But no, it was a new game. Thank God. Uh, so, uh, Legend of Zelda, uh, Tears of the Kingdom, May 12th, 2023. Mark your calendars if you guys want and, that. And f- as far as we are aware, this is like the same link from Breath of the Wild, right? This is a direct yes. continuation. I believe it's a direct continuation. Okay. And this is interesting um, because this is, I think, only the sec- this only the second link, right, that has like had their story directly continued. Because I, I think, think so. As far as I know, the only other link we've had is the link that was in... Um, Wind Waker, because you had Wind Waker, you had Phantom Hourglass, and you had Spirit Tracks. Mm-hmm. And that was, I mean, that was interesting because it was the first time that a Link was still like, had we followed their story after the game ended. Because otherwise, yeah. it's just another reborn Link in another timeline. Yes. Um. So yeah, we're, we're going to be doing that one uh, May 12th. Um, now we're going to get into some of the additional stuff that they added. Um, first one is for Splatoon 3. Uh, the first Splatfest has been announced, which is kind of the, uh, how can I say? It's kind of like an in-game, like, choose your team event and then have everybody kind of duke it out against each other. Um, so Splatfest, this time they have you choose between what would you bring to a deserted island, uh, gear, grub, or fun. Um, those are all the, the three options that you have this time around. So uh, go ahead and take pick your team. Um, but yeah, Splatoon 3 definitely picking up a lot. There's a lot of uh, excitement around that as well. Um, Mario Strikers will be adding Pauline and Diddy Kong, um, two brand new characters for that. Plus a new stadium is going to be joining, uh, for Mario Strikers. So if you do play that, um, a couple of new things coming your way, um, for the Mario Kart DLC in terms of like the new courses that are coming out wave three will be coming before the end of the year they just said before the end of the year uh they have one of the maps from mario kart tour i believe is it's like a christmas themed map um or uh track yes that's the correct term um and then they're bringing back i believe peach's garden from mario kart ds is going to be the other one of the other courses that is added um, nothing else like truly announced yet, but I'm, I'm just excited to see what they are going to add to the course once they finally get there. Um, switch sports, uh, for the people who miss Wii sports and now want switch sports, they have finally added golf. Um, they said, you know, they, they've been working on it. It's going to have eight player, uh, local multiplayer. If you have eight joy cons, you could all play golf at the same time. Um, it's kind of crazy. Uh, but that is something that you can uh, you can do now. So golf has been added to. Now, what's uh, the difference between this and Mario Golf? Uh, that's a good question. <laughs> I mean, like, yeah, this is more serious. But like in Mario Golf, you can go crazy. 
Yeah, so. you can just hit the ball and run. I don't. <laughs> Why would you not just do that instead? Because uh, I believe this is just like a free patch for the for the Switch Sports one. So it's just like, well, there's my answer. <laughs> yeah, you you buy just Switch Sports and they just keep adding games to it. So uh, you can get more sp- Switch Sports stuff that way. Um, moving on to some of the like newer game announcements, we're gonna go into just a couple of them that I do want to announce. Um, Octopath Traveler Two. Um, I haven't played Octopath Traveler One. It looks like a really fun game, and uh, I do want to take a shot at this one as well. Um, if I do get my hands on it, it is about eight different travelers that all have their own story, but at some point they do overlap and the decisions you make does change the way how the story plays out. Um, so that is an interesting thing that I have to keep in mind. Um, Theater Rhythm Final Bar Line, which is uh, Square Enix's final um, rhythm game, like f- essentially the, the the final version of it. Um, if you have ever been to like a round one, they have those uh, machines there as well. Um, but this one's going to have like all the music from the latest Final Fantasies, um, as well as some of them, other other properties that are owned by Square Enix, such as Nier and um, a couple of other properties that they want to add in. So that's going to be really interesting. Um, let's see. Now let's get into the older games that are coming in. Um, I'm actually going to start out with the uh, the ports to the switch first um the first one is it takes two it's only taken a year and a half for it takes two to show up on the switch but here we go um sifu if you guys ever do want to play uh, a kung fu fighting game um i love sifu as a as a concept so i haven't touched it yet uh tunic which is about a little fox guy who goes around and follows a manual uh very uh legend of zelda-esque um but with Factorio. dark souls elements to it yes <laughs> Uh, hard it's, hard bosses it's a leg like for, i from what i've seen it's like it lures you in with that sense of oh it's cute but then it punishes you with dark souls difficulty with hard hard bosses yeah uh we have factorio which is a factory uh efficiency assembly line game um and then the resident evil village biohazard two and three are also coming um to the switch if you guys ever do want to play those um if you want to get spooked on uh on your switch go ahead and go for it um biohazard is so good that's, yeah I biohazard was significantly scarier than uh village yeah well i i saw a couple of people play biohazard and i'm like Ugh, everything's like wet and drippy and it's like there's <laughs> there's stuff everywhere it's gross but like the first yeah. like the first hour or so hour or two of um biohazard some of the scariest gameplay i've i've ever done and then after yeah. that, after a point where you just kind of expect it and yeah. you've kind of seen everything scary, it's like, okay, now I can just play this game as a normal action game. Yeah. But just that the opening of that game is so good. Exactly. Um, the last thing that I will... Well, second to last thing. Um, the Nintendo 64 ports that are coming to the Nintendo Switch um, are going to include Mario Parties 1 through 3. So if you want to play old Mario Parties, go for it. Um, Pokemon Stadium 1 and 2 are coming uh, to the Switch. And last but not least, uh, GoldenEye with no. online play. Oh, so no. you can now take on your, your old folks in true GoldenEye fashion. Uh, get used to uh, inverted controls. But you can go ahead and uh, play GoldenEye, which is really interesting. Um, the last thing that is... It's more for, it's more for me and you, Matt. Um, we, we're both from California. Um, yes we're, we're, we're both from this side of the coast well 
um a cool announcement that mr uh, uh that that we got from the nintendo side uh the super mario world that was originally only in universal studios japan will be coming to hollywood huzzah so we will be able to race in mario kart uh We'll see how well they, or how crazy are they going to build out that land. I don't know how much space they have on the lot, but. Um, I don't think yeah. it's too much, honestly. Because we'll like Universal Studios. Yeah, Universal Studios is not a big place. I know they've been they've been building it for a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, they haven't, I don't think they've announced what they're going to have there specifically, right? They haven't announced. Nah. Because, I mean, they're going to have Mario stuff. They're going to have Mario Kart. That's like, that's a given because that's what everyone wants to do. I hope they have a a Zelda thing. I hope they have a Metroid thing. Yeah, we'll we'll see how it looks because like I remember, like, uh, I remember them walking us through the SJ one. Uh, if you ever do want to do that, just check online. I know that they have it on YouTube or something like that. If you want to see what it looks like in there, um, but yeah, it it's definitely an interesting like idea. We'll see how well <laughs> they or what they decide to bring over and uh, build over here. What would you want to um, see specifically in a Nintendo theme man, park? It, I'm, like, I'm a little like I'm, I'm torn between the two because like USJ, like Universal Studios Japan is always like bonkers because like they always like they coordinate with the anime studios. A yeah, lot. they had a, a Attack on Titan thing, right? Yes. So like, you you know how we have like the Simpsons ride with like Krusty and like you ride yeah. that roller coaster thing. Yeah. So it's that but it's always like an anime like themed ride so one of them was attack on titan i remember one of them being um like neon genesis evangelion if you guys ever they're constantly changing it they're swapping it i believe it's like every other year or something like that oh okay Um, or like like for special special events right yeah because out here it was back to the future for the longest time and then i think around the time that the Simpsons movie came out, they finally switched it to the Simpsons ride and it stayed that way ever since, especially because they converted that whole area to Springfield. Yeah. So that's, that's one part of it. I know that USJ like switches that up a lot, but um, another thing that like I, they, they did at USJ, they had a Jojo land like thing for a little bit. I was like, I, I want to see that. But um, in terms of like, the Mario one, I definitely think Mario Kart needs to come. I think that's the only one that, like, for sure has to come through. Um, if they don't, I just hope that it's not just, like, another, like, walkthrough, like, museum thing where you just, like, scan your wristband on things and just call it a day. Um, there needs to be, like, an attraction of some sort. Um, ideally, this is just me being, being dumb. Uh, if you built uh what is it the the super mario land to have spaces and then have like people play mario party irl that would be really interesting if you guys want to keep that as an option um at the end of the day you know you give away prizes or stars or whatever um but i do think that would be really fun to do if somebody wanted to like commit you know like an hour or something to like a live like playthrough of mario party you can do that um but yeah, I I think you know those are just some fun ideas, but definitely Mario Kart needs to come, um, and I I don't know I I feel like majority of the stuff that 
I would like are probably Nintendo property esque, but I don't know if there would be anything that's like could be instantly converted into like the land part of it, you know? All right. Uh, from the Nintendo side, we got to go and talk about their competitor, um, the PlayStation State of Play. Now, this one came out a little bit later, and it was all it was significantly shorter. So, like the the Nintendo Direct was like forty minutes long. Um, the PlayStation State of Play was like twenty minutes, but like the difference is that there are a lot of like really interesting like tidbits uh, that they really showcased as they were going through here. So I'm not going to cover everything. Obviously, I'm just going to cover some of the basic things. The first thing that they opened with was Tekken 8. Um, they are going to have Tekken 8 um, on the PlayStation, just showing off some of the cool like graphics and storylines that they're giving away. Uh, and that also giving us another thing to go ahead and go 1v1 against the new Street Fighter. So Tekken, definitely throwing their hat in the ring. That's going to be a really, really interesting one. Um, another thing is uh, around that same time in terms of the trailer um they announced like a dragon ishin which is a spin-off of the uh yakuza series but it's set in feudal japan and that is going to be their next game um another thing that we have to mention this is going to get super confusing for a lot of people um and they i think they just brought it over now but all of the old yakuza games are going to be called like a dragon now um why so- because I, I don't know why they switched it now, because like in Japan, Yakuza has always been known as like a dragon uh, in in Japan. It's called the like a dragon series. So when they brought it over to the to the States, they're like, oh, let's just call it Yakuza because it's about like, you know, gangsters and stuff. And they're like, oh, okay. and so it turned into Yakuza. And then whenever it comes over to the States, we know it as Yakuza. Um, but now they're switching everything back to like a dragon. I don't know why they need to do that, but here we are. Um, so then what is Yakuza like a dragon called? Like a dragon, like a dragon? It's just called, yeah, something like that, I guess. <laughs> uh, probably like Yakuza Zero. I think that's the official name of it. Um, like a dragon zero, because I, I, I don't know. It might be something weird, but that's how it is. It's, uh yeah don't don't get confused like a dragon is still yakuza it's just name different don't don't get don't buy the same game twice but the next one is going to be set in feudal japan they're going to have the similar characters that you've seen um in like the original games so it's going to be really interesting to see how it plays out um i don't know if they're going to go back to turn-based if that happens to be the case that's going to be really funny um (laughs) but uh yeah we'll we'll see how it plays out um Cool. Uh, from Like a Dragon, we are going to go into uh, Hogwarts Legacy. Um, if you guys are if, trying to figure that out, it's like the Harry Potter uh, MMO, technically. Um, but they said that the PlayStation will be getting an exclusive quest for it. Um, so there is one specific quest that you can only do if you have a PS system. Uh, and it's apparently like going into an old shop that has like a haunted basement or something and you have to like finish up that side quest or something i have no idea that's just how it is um but hogwarts legacy just showing off that they there is exclusive stuff for the playstation um moving on from there let's talk about into another good ip coming out of playstation that is god of war um they have announced a cool dualshock monitor or dualshock not a monitor dualshock controller um that is god of war ragnarok themed 
So if you guys do want to pick up a collector's edition uh, thing for that, go for it. Um, but they were just showing off a lot more of the gameplay trailer um, for God of War Ragnarok. If you guys are interested in playing it, uh, go and pick that up. Um, Kratos is back along with Boy. Um, so it's going to be <laughs> really interesting. Boy. Um, boy. And then the last. Of <laughs> boy, the, the Boy of War. We got the God of War. We got the, the Kid of War. Uh, so that's going to be really interesting to see how that plays out. Um, last but not least, this is just something that I thought was pretty cool. Um, Rise of Ronin. Um, Rise of Ronin is a... Um, Rise of Ronin is a new game that is coming out from the same studio that made No. Um, so that's another one to go ahead and look at. Um, it is going to be the first PS5 exclusive. It's coming out in 2024. And they announced it just now. So we're just like, okay, I guess we have something to look forward to in a year and a half or whatever. Um, so yeah, that that's a interesting one that we have to we have to point out um, as we continue to go through with all of this. Uh, so yeah, Rise of Ronin. It's a uh, it's another feudal Japan game. Uh, really interesting concept in general. Uh, you you have to just like protect your land, I guess um against new uh new forces including uh the funniest thing that i said was like oh my god the white people are coming and it's true because like the first thing that they show is like the enemies are coming and it's like commodore perry on his on his boat like coming over and we're like uh <laughs> okay um but yeah it's gonna be really interesting to see how they play that out um if it is gonna be historically accurate or not that'd be really interesting if they do um, but yeah, it, they showed us previews for it. It looks really cool. doesn't come out until 2024. So yeah, uh, quite a, quite a long ways to go for that one. I'm just excited for boy of war, boy of war. Hopefully he, he, he gets to do some stuff rather than just being called boy all day. Um, no, he, he did quite a bit. So it's going to be, it's going to be really interesting to see how they, they're, they're going to one up each other from the last game um but yeah that's it from uh nintendo and playstation the things that i have to say is like nintendo in terms of like what they've announced like even the new ip stuff is mainly cashing in on like you know your nostalgia and what you what you felt about these games um and if you're willing to continue to play these games so on and so forth um so that's something that's really interesting that they're bringing up um Meanwhile, PlayStation is really focusing in on those AAA games, kind of like what they said earlier. Um, but these ones are going to be like these ones are huge titles that they are trying to announce and incorporate into their game. So it is going to be a really interesting thing uh, moving forward. So what about oh. Pokemon stuff? Okay, yeah. Let's go ahead and move on into Pokemon stuff. Um, unfortunately, the uh, the the McDonald's thing. I'm pretty sure they're running out pretty soon. Um, <laughs> but uh, there's still a lot of news going on there. Um, in terms of Pokemon, if you guys do want to get Ash's Surfetch, um, there is a code for that. Um, you would end up going into Pokemon Sword and Shield, um, opening up Mystery Gift, and then utilizing um this code in under i think it's under uh redeem code or something like that uh to go ahead and get it but ashes surfetch you could get it by typing in h1 ss a 
T-S-U-N-E-G-I. Um, if you if you type that in, hit enter, it should be a 15, uh, what is it, 15 letter code. Put that in, you can get Ashes Surfetch. Got a kind of an interesting moveset, but uh, something really interesting. Um, overall, if you do want to be a collector of Ashes Pokemon. Um, earlier, they had his Gengar as another one and uh, the Dragonite as well. Um, but hopefully they're slowly rolling out more and more of these just because uh, the end of Pokemon Sword and Shield is slowly approaching um, as we slowly get closer to Scarlet and Violet coming out in November. Um, another fun thing, just to point out in terms of Pokemon, um, Walgreens is starting to sell small packs of Pokemon cards, probably repackaged for Halloween gifts. Um, if mm. you guys do ever want to like go to, if you just want to collect the cards, just like n- probably nothing like super expensive, uh, or you just want to be the coolest guy on the block, feel free to go to Walgreens and pick up these, uh, I believe they come in like hundred packs of like these, it's like three cards or something like that. Um, and you can just hand them out at your door instead of candy. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be really interesting to see what they have in there. Um, moving on from there, we've have, we have a lot of Unite stuff just because it is uh, September. There's a ton of announcements coming out this season, and uh, we'll try to go over as much of it as possible. Um, the first thing, and probably the biggest thing that a lot of uh, Pokemon Unite fans are talking about and slowly breaking down is uh, the concept of a new... Uh, concept of a new pick ban system coming to competitive um we, we've been wanting a lot of people have been talking about oh we need a pick ban system in order to make the game fair to prevent like you know certain pokemon from just being abused all the time um will it be you know, like played in and uh they were showing it in the test region as the person who has the highest um how can i describe it? the highest like mmr or sr like skill rating um gets to be the one who bans for each side um and it makes it easier for them that way so pick bans really important moving forward and i hope that we get more uh get more updates of that that moving forward um another thing is today is wednesday so we we do get the new edition of a new pokemon um they announced that we are getting dodrio um the only downside is we did get dodrio yes it came out today uh, weird Pokemon, three head bird. Um, but uh, it is locked behind a 575 gem paywall. Ew. Um, yeah, so gems can only be purchased through like actual currency, which is kind of gross. So um, it's essentially locked away for early access from the the general public uh, who have their coins saved up until next week. Which is kind of gross, but at the same time, uh, probably not even worth picking up Dodrio that way. So uh, I'll tell you this right now: I I made a bet with my stream. I said like, if I get to like a certain rank, I will buy Dodrio. And I was like, okay, everybody's like, okay, we're on board, we're on board, we're, we'll go see. Uh, I climbed pretty quickly. It was a good it was a good day for ranked for me, um, and I ended up getting to that rank. I bought Dodrio. And Dodrio is a very tough character to play. So I would highly recommend people to, like, honestly, you don't need it. It's not overpowered. Uh, you can wait till the AOS coins come out and then go ahead and purchase it. Um, I 
don't know about the next one because I know that the next one, um, if you guys are interested, the next uh, Pokemon is going to be Scizor. Um, Scizor Scyther. Um, so you could either save your gems or your coins for that one. I would highly recommend it. Um, just go and pick up Dodrio whenever you have the chance later. Um, so I would I would say save your coins for that. We will see how it plays out. Um, I have to experiment with Dodrio a little bit more before I go ahead and give you guys like my final decision on it. But that is what is new in terms of Pokemon, um, Pokemon in general, Pokemon Unite, and so on and so forth. So um, if you guys are interested in more stuff, feel free to talk to me online. Um, I, I'm more than available uh, these days. So um, yeah, that that's what's been happening in terms of uh, Pokemon and Pokemon Unite. Um, a lot of really cool stuff uh, that we've gotten throughout this entire uh, this entire season and this entire month. So while we're on the topic of uh, conventions and announcements and and whatnot, um, D twenty three also happened very recently. And D twenty three, for those of you who don't know, it's Disney's big convention where they announce all the big things that they are working on um there was a lot that came out some of it interesting and good some of it just why disney why do you do this this is why i hate the mouse um so i'm gonna go through a couple of the highlights that i was able to pick out from just all of disney twitter going insane and all of just everyone loving disney um so the first one is Black Panther Wakanda Forever is going to be coming out. It's going to be coming out uh, November 11th. Um, Ant-Man and the Wasp Quantumania is going to kick off the phase five of the MCU. Um, WandaVision's director, Matt Shankman, is going to be uh, leading the Fantastic Four film, which is coming out in 2024. So there's a bit of time there. Um, the cast for that movie has not been announced yet. But as far as we know, even though um, John Krasinski did play Reed Richards in um, Doctor Strange Multiverse of Madness, he's not actually going to be the um, Reed Richards of this cinematic adaptation of the Fantastic Four. I'm not sure why everybody kind of wanted that. Everyone liked him. Maybe it's scheduling. Maybe it's contracts. Maybe it's it's money. But we will not be seeing him return someone we will be seeing return is tim blake nelson who was last seen in the 2008 incredible hulk he's going to be returning to the new film captain america new world order as the leader um last time we saw him there was like hulk blood dripping into his head and his brain was getting all all pulsating and, and big but that movie is coming out in 2024 thunderbolt is coming out which is going to feature um Val- Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, Ghost, Red Guardian, Black Widow, which I'm guessing is what Yelena is going by now. She's adopted the mantle of Black Widow, Winter Soldier, U.S. Agent, and Taskmaster. Um, so pretty much your B-string of heroes are now be getting their own movie. Um, that's coming out on July 26th. Um, let's see. There's a couple of things that are going to be coming out on Disney Plus that are Marvel, like Ironheart is coming um next year secret invasion is going to be bringing back nick fury into the mcu so that's coming armor wars loki season two um 
Loki season two is coming, but the, I guess the big news out of that, um, and which leads into another part of, of D23, is that Kehui Kwan, who was short round in the Indiana Jones film, Temple of Doom, and was also featured most recently in Everything Everywhere All at Once. He has been added to the season two cast for Loki. Um, and speaking of Indiana Jones, we got an announcement for the fifth Indiana Jones film, which will be Harrison Ford's last turn as the character. But they, um, Harrison Ford and Kehui Kwan did get to reunite at D23. There are photos, and that was actually, for me, probably the best part I thought of D23, getting to see them reunite after all these years and getting to see this actor after so long of not being in Hollywood, like getting success again. Um, he was great in everything, everywhere, all at once. And I'm happy to see where he goes from there. Uh, Mandalorian season three is coming. We got a trailer for Andor. Ahsoka got announced for 2023. Um, let's see what else is coming out. Um, we I talked about Indiana Jones 5. Willow is getting an eight episode Disney Plus series. I never watched this movie as a kid. I know a lot of people really liked it. Um it's it's getting another trailer. It got another trailer. It's going to be premiering on November 30, so that's coming up pretty soon. Um, in terms of live action Disney, we got to see Halle Bailey playing Ariel in The Little Mermaid. A lot of people were really mad that we have a black Ariel. Um, to which I say, calm down. You don't have to see the movie. Admittedly, like I don't think it looks good. I don't want to see this movie personally, but like my, one of my friends, I'm going to, excuse me. I'm going to parrot one of my friends and say, I want this movie to succeed for her sake. Just because of all the hate that she's getting right now, just because she's a black character that was cast to play a, a mermaid. I don't really get the hate for that. Just if you don't want to watch it, don't watch it. Don't hate this actress for, doing a job and getting to to play a character and there's plenty of footage right now people are like oh why does this matter why do you why do you need to have a black mermaid like if you look at a lot of the videos that are being posted to social media right now you see a lot of little girls who otherwise have never really seen themselves represented as a princess before yeah i mean yeah you've got tiana but that was um, that was probably 10 years ago you haven't really seen a black princess since but now they're seeing ariel and they're like wait She's black. She looks like me, um, which I think is magical. I think that's what Disney is all about. Admittedly, I hate Disney for a lot of their business practices, but I don't hate them for the representation that they do stand for a lot of the time. I think that part of them is great. Um, I do think that their live action remakes are have, with the exception of The Jungle Book, which I really liked, the rest of them I think are utter garbage. Again, I have no interest in personally watching The Little Mermaid, but I hope it does well. Um, there's going to be a Snow White live-action remake, which is going to star Rachel Ziegler and Gal Gadot. Gal Gadot, or Gal Gadot, that's how she pronounces it. Gal Gadot's going to be the evil queen. Hocus Pocus 2 got a new trailer. Um, we got a look at Disenchanted, which is going to be a sequel of Enchanted. And for me, the the big letdown that i saw out of these this recent slate of, of live action from disney is we're getting mufasa the lion king a prequel coming from barry jenkins who directed 
Moonlight. And again, it's like, I have several issues with this. One, we know what happens to Mufasa later, so there's like no stakes in watching this movie again. Two, um, I hate prequels because it takes a lot of the mystery and mystique out of the characters. Like, we know that Mufasa is king. We know that Scar is his brother. We know that they have a tough past, but they're still like in they're still dealing with each other and there's some bad blood there and like we don't need to see what happens to young mufasa to appreciate lion king this just feels like a soulless cash grab and the fact that they're also continuing in the style of the lion king live action remake that we did that felt just it looked pretty it was like you're watching a a nature documentary but when you're lo- watching a Disney movie, that's not what you want because these faces, these lions' faces, are not emoting. Like in the scene where Mufasa is about to die, you don't see the fear in his face. When Simba is like confronted with the fact that his dad is dead, you don't see like the sorrow and the fear and like the the heartbrokenness in that face. It was just it lost a lot of what made the original Lion King so impactful. And the fact that they're continuing with this and they're doubling down on it just feels like a huge misstep. Um, a couple other things that we saw come out. There's a look at Percy Jackson. We got uh, we found out that there is going to be a National Treasure spinoff called National Treasure Edge of History. Um, and there's a bunch of different animated things that are coming. Uh, but yeah, there's a lot that is happening in terms of disney inside out 2 for example is another animated thing that's coming but there's just so much that came out of d23 um i don't personally care all that much yeah i'll watch some of them when they come out on disney plus uh but this was like i think the aside from the emmys this was the big entertainment like film television entertainment thing that came out this week and the emmys like the emmys was the emmys the the biggest story to come out of the Emmys was that during uh, Quinta Brunson's speech for her win for Abbott Elementary, um, Jimmy Kimmel, who had just lost again to John Oliver for the seventh year, was laying down and like kind of doing like, "Ugh, I died kind of a bit on stage. And he didn't get up after that. And so while Abbott Elementary is being announced, he's still laying there while Quinta Brunson's doing her speech he's still laying there so yeah that's about it (laughs) um can we can we just keep simu on the show then is that is that an option is he in abbott elementary no no no. he he's hosting kimmel oh he is yeah oh that's right i saw that yeah, him I and forgot Jimmy about that. Yeah, yeah. So, so yeah, we, we if he's still dead, we just leave Simu on the show. I mean, we as much as I think that Jimmy is the best of the J late night hosts right now. Like you've got Jimmy Kimmel, you've got Jimmy Fallon, you've got James Corden. James Corden, I cannot stand. Jimmy Fallon is tolerable in small doses, but I also still think he sucks. Jimmy Kimmel has his moments where he's just like insufferable at times, but I think still think he is d- pretty good at what he does. And he's the best Jimmy. Honestly, if you take out one of the J's and put in a Simu and put in some non-white representation in there, why not? I mean, yeah. In, in his last one, the one that I saw online was like him with, uh, 
with Jimmy Oyang and like another Jimmy. Jimmy. <laughs> yeah, another Jimmy. But Jimmy Oyang came out and he's like, yo, you're you're hosting a late night show. I got to bring the food. Right. And so like he literally rolls out an entire cart of dim sum. <laughs> I'm like that, that's how you do it if you're gonna host a show run it like that there you go asian folks know how to do it with the food yeah i mean i'd I'd watch that i'd watch simu host a late night show any day just roll out the the, the dim sum card every night and just like yeah watch when watch what the people's reactions are when they like open up the little container of, of either chicken feet or pig's feet or um or tripe or whatever <laughs> yeah is that and then like he'd he'd bring in his own uh boba clearly like that's it that's his thing so i think Ooh, i haven't I had think boba I'd, in I'd a hot minute I'd, I'd watch that show uh, like every night if if you were to host it like it, i just think it's good if 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 jimmy kimmel is still dead we just put simu there and just leave him there he hasn't been he's not done you just leave him there <laughs> I mean, Jimmy eventually did get up, but I mean, we can, we can, we can work something out. He does. He he could go back to being dead. I mean, yeah, I mean, <laughs> we're not. Saying I mean, I, we're I'd rather, it, I'd rather Simu take over James Corden's spot because no one likes James Corden. But we just need one less Jimmy and and one more Simu. <laughs> um. So getting back into gaming stuff, um, Kevin, would you say that Hideo Kojima is known for uh? For for his realism, uh, I wouldn't say realism. I just, <laughs> I would say he's known for you know his podcast, the brain structure right now that's that's out, uh, uh-huh. as well as I'm reading his book right now, which is kind of ridiculous. Oh. Um, it, it's cut. Kind of, it's really funny because like if you treat it, I treat Hideo Kojima. So he has a he has a book called The Creative Gene right now that I'm reading, and uh. The creative gene is like Hideo Kojima's book club. He literally just has like a whole bunch of book recommendations. And then he's like, this is the reason why this character does X, Y, or Z in my fan in like my Metal Gear game. And I'm like, this is what inspired me to do this. And I'm like, oh, okay. So yeah, it's it's a really interesting book. But yeah, I wouldn't consider his stuff being 100% realistic all the time. Okay. So based on that information... And the fact that we know that like Death Stranding was absolutely bonkers and mm-hmm. Metal Gear is just kind of insane. Mm-hmm. Um, apparently for Metal Gear Solid 3, according to the latest episode of the podcast or YouTube ch- show, Did You Know Gaming? Um, during when, when Metal Gear Solid 3 was in development, uh, Hideo Kojima was really into a lot of books about like snipers and like military sniper battles um books like the master sniper and point of impact where snipers are like in the mountains and like looking for any single sign of like the enemy snipers and they're stationed there for a very long time and in order to accurately represent that experience as much as possible for metal gear solid 3 his idea which was put into 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 the game initially when they were testing it and developing it um his idea was that this the final boss would be a sniper battle that would take two weeks to do. And that's not two weeks in in-game time. That is two weeks in real-world time. So it would take you two whole weeks to beat this final boss level. Because Jeez. he wanted to be accurate and realistic. 
I I don't think I would spend two weeks waiting for a game. <laughs> waiting for not not for a game for a single level for a single boss fight. Jeez, I mean the the real the real question then becomes like how do you like how do you go from like does it have to be like continuous two weeks of play and like if you miss your two week window do you just lose and have to try again <laughs> like like imagine imagine if you start this up and it's like it it it's two weeks you started up on like a tuesday at six or something like this and you get to the level and you're like oh man now i gotta i gotta like leave my game on for two weeks it's like how you there. unlocked Mewtwo in uh, the GameCube version of Smash Bros. Like you yeah. just left your your console on for twenty hours and it would yeah. unlock him. Yeah, it's like it's like that, but like more ridiculous. I just I, I honestly can't imagine anybody willingly doing that. Yeah, and I get th- that you want to be as intense and and realistic as possible sometimes, but people generally don't play games a lot of the time for realism. It's like games where you have to, you have to like open every door and it takes like a, you have to realistically animate someone opening a door or, or things like that, where you have to like put the, pick things up, put them down. And and like there comes a point where realism as cool as it would be to make you feel like you're actually doing things and make it seem more immersive. There is a point where that realism detracts from the experience of playing the game. Yeah. And if I you make it too realistic, people are just going to go outside and do it. <laughs> well, I, I don't like, think in this case you wouldn't actually have. A well, I mean, battle. you wouldn't sit, you wouldn't sit two two weeks you know, trying to, you know, 1v1 some guy from across the mountain or whatever. <laughs> I think, I, I do think that, like, half of the fun of games is, like, the suspension of belief and just having fun with it, right? Like, yeah, that, yeah, that is absolutely. half of the fun. Like, same thing with movies. Like, movies were always realistic. It'd be just boring, right? So, I would, I would much rather have, you know, ha- there be a little bit of a fantasy element or, like, even just a little bit of, like, a non-realistic element just for you guys just for everybody to like enjoy it yeah and i think the only reason why this didn't make it through is because all the developers when they played it and tested this got so fed up with it that they started booing kojima so he's like okay fine i'll take it out and it's good that we we did otherwise we would have people sitting there for two weeks like if it if it wasn't a part of like a true cutscene, like maybe if it was like a fun like easter egg on the side that would be funny. Yeah. But like to to actually progress the game waiting for two weeks, that's that's way too much. I don't know if it's also this Metal Gear game, but I believe that there is one there is a Metal Gear game where if you like just pass the time in real time, eventually the boss gets old and dies. I think it might be <laughs> this one. I think that might might have been what they ended up doing for this, but I'm not exactly sure. I can't I can't find the the reference to that right now, but I know there's a game out there where if you just wait, you don't actually have to fight the boss because he just gets old and he dies. Um, but moving on to other another idea that made it to a game that probably not the best idea, 
Um, so the game Multiverses came out, um, and one of the characters is Velma from Scooby Doo. Now, one of her, I guess, one of her her passive moves called Snoopin, which allows her to gather evidence before calling in an ally to um, ensnare her opponents while you try to to knock them off the stage. Now, initially, this move would have Velma calling in the police. Yes. And I think I think the worst th- the 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 way that people made fun of this before and like criticized it was you'd have Velma there calling in the police and she has a wanted poster and she's like snitching so she's like pointing the police yeah. like look there that's him officer that's the awful individual and the the other character that they had for this was LeBron James. <laughs> yep. So the so it's just it, it's Velma calling the police on a black guy. <laughs> it, it, which is awful. It is terrible. But um, so realizing that this is not the greatest look for the game to have, they patched it out and changed it so that now Velma calls in the mystery machine and the rest of the Mystery Inc. crew to ensnare the opponent in the mystery machine. While she she goes to town on and wails on them, which honestly I don't understand why that wasn't the move in the first place. Like you you associate yeah. Velma more with Mystery Inc. and the Mystery Machine than you do with the cops. Because like yes, they call the cops at the end of the episodes, but like honestly, if you look at if you look at it, I, I've seen this like critique of Scooby Doo before, but a lot of the time like they don't the, these people that they call the cops on don't actually break the law. They're not actually committing a crime. At worst, they're like scaring people away from a place that they're trying to excavate for like treasure or whatever. A lot of time, like no crime has actually been committed. That's the latest in multiverses, which I should play. I feel like I want to play it. I just don't have any more room on my PlayStation to download it. I could download it on, I guess, my Xbox, but eh, that takes effort. Um, now, one last thing that I think goes along with this theme of bad uh, th- bad features in video games. So, allegedly, and this has not been proven, again, allegedly, for Overwatch 2, um, we've already mentioned how you're going to have to, if you don't have the, the battle pass, you need to unlock the the new heroes by playing the game. And according to certain leaks and, and certain discussions that have been in the community, it could take players up to 15 hours to reach all the heroes and unlock them at the tier 20 of the season battle pass. But what's even worse is that it looks like unless you have unlocked all of those heroes, you are not able to play competitive. And again, that's the thing that we talked about last week. It's like, how do you make this game fair if not everybody has all of the heroes? So I guess their solution is, is that at the beginning of every season for about two weeks, they're going to lock competitive and no one can play competitive. After that two weeks, you can play competitive if you have all the heroes. But if you don't have if you haven't spent the time unlocking all of them in the free battle pass, then like. You still can't play competitive. Um, But again, this is this is a leak. We're not 100 percent sure if this is true. This was posted on r slash overwatch by user the ignotus and 
it's a 4chan battle pass leak and they say take it with a grain of salt because we we again we don't know if this is true or not it seems in line with a strategy that Activision Blizzard would take at this point because they need a reason for people to buy the season 1 battle pass aside from oh look fun cosmetics so this seems like it could be a, a legitimate move on their part to incentivize paying the $10 to get the battle pass so as soon as you're ready as soon as that 2 weeks is up you can hop right into competitive Yeah, I feel like this this has to well this will be determined by like how long it takes for people to unlock uh the new agent. Is it does it take us the whole two weeks? Like is it something that's like doable or 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 not? So that that yeah. is a real question that we have. And like when it says fifteen hours, is it like do you have to is it is it fifteen hours of just wins? Or is it fifteen hours of just playing? Like This this raises a lot of questions upon about like how fair the game is going to be at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, and so another Overwatch thing. Um, apparently, we are going to be getting. It looks like one last patch before Overwatch Two comes out. And again, this is another alleged leak. We're not exactly sure yet, but there are going to be changes to nine of the heroes so far. Um, in general, for the overall heroes, uh, temporary health now gains 50% reduced ultimate charge instead of no ultimate charge. So you can you, it's going to be easier to gain, gain your ult faster. Now for the heroes, so Baptiste, his biotic launcher primary damage is increased from 24 to 25. And the falloff range is increased for 20 to 25 meters. So you're a slight bit heftier on Baptiste. For Bastion, the Ironclad passive is enabled, which gives you 20% damage reduction when transformed. It was taken away. It's brought back. So Bastion's a little sturdier. Um, Brigitte's inspired duration is in is reduced from 6 seconds to 5 seconds. Um, for Diva, her booster impact damage is increased from 10 to 25. Her micro-missile cooldown is reduced from 8 to 7 seconds. And her call mech ultimate cost is reduced by 12 seconds. So she got a very decent buff. Um, Junker Queen, on the other hand, got a little bit of a nerf. Um, the Commanding Shout reduced the um, the bonus of healing to your allies from 100 to 50. The duration is reduced from 5 to 3 seconds. Um, the Temporary Health, however, to compensate, no longer decays over its time. And the cooldown is increased from 11 to 15 seconds. So that ability is was maybe, I guess, they felt a little too strong. So they're reducing it. Um, Arisa got a little bit of a buff. Her base health increased from 250 to 275. Same thing with her armor, 250 to 275. And the cooldown for her javelin is reduced from 8 seconds to 6 seconds. Um, for Reaper, his Hellfire shotguns have a reduced spread from 8 to 7 degrees. Sojourn got a little bit of a nerf. Her energy gain from non-player targets like barriers and turrets is reduced by an additional 50%. And finally, for Sombra, her hack ability, lockout duration has increased from 1 to 1.75 seconds. So you have a little bit more impact when you're hacking people on the battlefield. Um, Yeah, that's the latest news from Overwatch. We will see how these rumors shape up to to be, see if they're actually 
true or not, or if it's just conjecture or fake leaks from the community. God, it just said fake leaks. Felt really weird. <laughs> um, and the last thing is, Kevin, have you, you've heard the corn song, right? I I think so. I think it's I've heard corn. The corn song. A big lump with knobs. It has the juice. I can't think of a more beautiful thing. Or I can't imagine a more beautiful thing. I can tell you all about it. That corn song. Um, yes. Okay. <laughs> so anyway, uh, the kid who is at the center of that um, that meme, that viral song, his name is Tariq, and he's seven years old. And because he's a child, these the news outlets are protecting his identity as best as they can. Uh, and not publishing his last name, but since he went viral for his, for discovering and loving corn so much, South Dakota, which I believe is one of the biggest corn producers in the country, so he was declared the the official corn ambassador by their governor Christy Noam. <laughs> and to top it all off, um, September third has now been decreed official corn ambassador Tariq Day. And by an executive proclamation from State of South Dakota Office of the Governor, whereas South Dakota is one of the top corn producers in the nation, providing nourishment to people across the globe, but especially to Tariq, seven-year-old boy who recently discovered that corn is real. And whereas since being told that corn was real, Tariq believes wholeheartedly it tastes good, especially with butter. And whereas Tariq loves corn and encourages everyone to try it, even if it's only one bite, and... Whereas Tariq, Tariq's determination is that corn is awesome and a big lump with knobs and juice, it has led him to be unable to imagine a more beautiful thing. And whereas Tariq's amaze, because corn maze, maze is another word for corn and also corn mazes. Um, whereas Tariq's amazing endorsement contains more than a kernel of truth and has reached ears across the world via social media. And... Whereas Tariq's corn-centered excitement will lead him to experience the world's only corn palace in Mitchell, South Dakota. And whereas it is fitting and proper as governor to make special note of this outstanding young man. Now, therefore, I, Christy Noam, governor of the state of South Dakota, do hereby proclaim September 3rd, 2022 as official corn ambassador Tariq Day. <laughs> They're really leaning into this meme, aren't they? <laughs> they really are. I mean, it's like... Kevin, what other time would you think of South Dakota? South Dakota? I only think. Do, North do you Dakota ever think like of South Fargo. Dakota? <laughs> oh. Yeah. Now, North Dakota, you have Fargo, but that's only like if you're watching the movie, really, or if you're from Fargo or watching the television show. Um, but otherwise, yeah, no, South Dakota doesn't really get a lot of attention. So they're doing as best as they can yeah, to they, capitalize they on something. the moment. But I don't know. I, I, I'm happy for this kid. Yeah, huge. I hope he gets some corn. I mean, I know that like I know that his family is like trying to cash in on it as best as they can while they can. Like he has a TikTok, he has a cameo. Um I think the and the, the guys who um what is what is the name of the guys who made the the show? Yoho Shmo Yoho? Yeah, Shmo Yoho. Um they said that they'd they'd give him part of the pro the the profits that they get from the song. They didn't say how much they would give him, but hopefully they give him a fair amount because 
they wouldn't have the song without him. At least I would say at least 50%. They gave him singing credit, but they didn't give him writing credit. But I think he deserves at least 50% of this because without him, there wouldn't be the song. And without the song, he wouldn't have the notoriety. So I think it's fair to split it 50-50. But yeah, that, that's my feel-good story of the week. It's that this kid who fell in love with corn is now the official corn ambassador of South Dakota. Dreams do come true, folks. Dreams do Dude. come true. <laughs> yeah, and like I mean, Shmuyoho has been on the platform for YouTube forever. I right? Mean, they did the uh, the Bed Intruder song, right? Yes. So they they've been around the block for quite a while. Like they can they could easily like help this kid out if they really wanted to. Yeah. And now on to to manga news, Kevin. Yes. Um. I my my I'm sure you've heard this story, but. My headline for this one was the one piece just one piece in one piece. True. So, um, Kevin, how much do you know about this release of the one piece just one piece in one piece? Uh, I I know I know enough. I know that people have been sending it to me and telling me <laughs> this is the investment you need to put your money towards. Uh huh. But at the same time, I don't. I, bro, <laughs> the thing is too yeah. long. <laughs> I mean. This is 25 years of uh, of One Piece manga collected into one volume. Um, do you know off the top of your head how many pages it is, Kevin? Or do you have a guess how many pages that it is? I know it's somewhere between... It's like 20,000 pages or something like that, right? Yeah, close. It's 21,450 pages. Um, altogether, I be- do you know how like how big this thing is? Yeah, long. <laughs> it, it long. You're you're not it wrong. Long. It long. It's a, I think it's roughly three feet. Yes. It's a it's a book that is roughly three feet long, which Yes. I don't know how anyone would be able to read it in the like honestly it's just a collector's item. Yes. Um if you're gonna read it, you either read it online or you buy these single issues of of the the manga. Um and there's only I think five hundred pieces of this being uh collected oh god it's a 38 pounds yes it's 38 pound book thick uh, it's gonna cost you if you want it and if you're able to get a hand on one of the very few copies that exists um it's gonna cost you one thousand nine hundred twenty four dollars and 17 cents it's like two thousand bucks bro <laughs> i mean it, if one piece is your life then I say go for it. And if you're able to get a copy of this very limited run, uh, do it. But it's just insane to me how long One Piece has been going on and that they were like <laughs> that they went and they did this. They collected it into one volume. It's kind of crazy, but it makes sense because it's called One Piece. So you would you would expect them to put it together in one piece yeah and I, I don't know if you can do it quite yet because i know that they have announced like pretty recently that they're entering into the, like the final arc of of one piece oh, i was wrong it's not a 500 it's 50 copies <laughs> it's only 50 of them yeah even it, less odds still, yeah I, I don't i don't need it for the shelf bro i still need to read it like i haven't even watched one piece I'm, it wouldn't even fit week. on your shelf yeah it's too long so right now it's just like yeah, can't can't do it. Can't do it right now. Uh maybe maybe later. Ask me later. 
A lot of people told me to go go and try to get one of these, but I'm like, if there's only 50 copies of this, I'm I'm not gonna also gonna try it. It's just two thousand dollars. Yeah. Do you, also, do you have like two thousand dollars? I don't think I have two K that I could just drop on a two like a twenty thousand page book that I have to carry like the fucking breaker sword, right? Like, I'm not, what am I gonna do with it? But like, yeah, I mean, if you if you're really into that, that's your collector's item. Yeah, go for it. I don't I don't see people reading it because that just ruined the spine. So I have a hard time just trying to read the the Death Note all in one. And that's like 13 books yeah. put into one. But like, yeah, it that's the easiest one for the shelf. But it's still not like it's still hard to read. All right, but speaking of reading stuff, let's go into some more easy reads and talk about the uh, the manga releases for this week and next week. Uh, just giving you a heads up of what's to come. Uh, just to let you know, manga always releases on Tuesdays. So if you guys are interested in picking up any of these, go on Tuesday. I know that Barnes & Noble doesn't care. Usually they just put it up whenever they get it. So uh, if, if you happen to swing by one, go ahead and pick these up. But uh here we go. So this week, there was a Noragami Omnibus, which is the uh, one in three volume. Uh, Noragami being about the being about a god who wants to increase his notoriety. So he starts a small little uh, little church for himself and uh, works his way up. Um, and Marshall 8, which is uh, if you put Saitama in Hogwarts, uh, that, that's what you get for for number eight. Um, moving into next week. Next week is kind of a big week for for manga. Um, and yeah, usually towards the end of the month, there's a lot of stuff. So, um, here, here we go next week on September 20th, uh, we have blue period nine, which continues the story of blue period, which is about a kid named Yaguchi who learns about art, um, and gets accepted or tries to get his way, um, to a prestigious art college, um, after only learning about it for just a little bit. Um, after that, we have Look Back, which is another uh, short manga story by the same guy who wrote Chainsaw Man. Um, it's just, it, it's supposed to be a more melancholy like feel to it. So, uh, one that a lot of people are looking forward to. Um, if you're looking for something super laid back, we do have Laid Back Camp Volume 12, which is about um, a, a group of girls who go out and uh, in camp. They they go to certain landscapes and land like landmarks and they go and they camp and enjoy time and eat food. Uh, very cozy, a very cozy book, uh, very cozy anime too. So if you're interested in in reading that, go for it. Um, lots of cool like camping tips in that book as well. And probably the biggest one that comes out on the twentieth. Uh, I've had my calendar marked for a while. Um, it is Spy Family Book Eight. So if you are Continuing the saga of Spy Family, uh, Volume 8 will be coming out on the 20th. So mark your calendars. I know I have my calendars all scribbled up and marked up of things that I need to go ahead and get um, moving in on Tuesday. So yeah, we have uh, Blue Period 9, Look Back, Laidback Camp 12, and Spy Family 8. Um, if I do happen to get my haul, I will show you guys uh, on my Twitter for sure. Um but yeah, there's just a lot of stuff going on. How much manga would you say you read in an average week slash month, Kevin? Ooh, that's a that's a good question. Um, 
if if I'm good about it, I usually read about a volume a day. Um, so I I usually sit down, and it really depends on the series and the and the um the pacing of it. Because like comedies, like I can get through like really quick, just because like you know time flies when you're having fun. Um, versus like some series that are very like heavy in terms of like topic and um not just topic but also like emotional depth and like understanding of what's going on in the series um it takes me a little bit of time for those ones so for example like um i'm learning and absorbing as much as possible from a series called bakuman that's been out since 2009 um i've been reading it i have the whole collection but it takes me forever to get through it because not only are the pages like super thick like there's like a ton of writing on every page but like there's a lot of like intricacies and like stuff about each character that you have to like go back and read um, versus something that's like really quick, like, um, like zombie zombie bucket list 100. Um, those ones are pretty quick to read. Like I read Comey. Like if, if a new Comey comes out, I grab Comey and I read it in like the first day. Yeah. So usually I would like to say that I can average like one a day. Um, but more realistically, it's more like I can do, I can guarantee that I read one every other day. Like there, there's enough space for me to like get through one volume, um, while while resting or relaxing. So, it also depends. Yeah, it always depends on like the series, how heavy it is, and uh, the pace that I'm I'm working at. Um, it's been a lot less recently because like I just haven't had time to like sit down and enjoy my books. But, um, yeah, it's. It's just a very good thing to do. It gives my eyes a break from the screen, you know. Um, it's important overall. Yeah, yeah. That's a lot of uh, it's a lot of reading in a month. Yeah, I mean, I I want to do one month. I just this is like another heads up thing. I haven't posted it yet, but um, I got the entirety of Full Metal Alchemist. Ooh, recently. that's a good series. So I, mean, I have I the entirety. Watched it. <laughs> oh yeah, I watched Brotherhood, right? I watched yeah. the entirety of Brotherhood, and I loved it. So I was like, "Wait, what is the original manga like? Is there like any like individual like things that they like may have skipped over? Is there more like stuff that you know for the sake of time they had to cut? Um, or is there is there other things that you know I don't know about that they're willing to explain in the actual manga? So." That's something that I do have uh, kind of just on the shelf right now. It looks really pretty. Haven't really showcased it. Um, and yeah, that that's something that I'm slowly getting through. Um, I'm also getting through another older series that like I finally finished. Like I I got all the volumes of it um, called Descending Stories. Um, it's about uh, a, an old Japanese like... Uh, form of storytelling called rakugo where it's like one person comedy Mm -hmm. um or like storytelling that you would just tell by yourself you like kneel on like a pillow and then you have like a fan and a rag and that's it and you have to like tell every person's perspective through like acting out every single character through dialogue and understanding like beat points and so on and so forth um but i love the series um, I watched the anime, um, so now I'm just getting through the manga and enjoying it at a different pace. Um, with the same soundtrack, though. That's always important. Yeah. Is that it for this week? 
I think that wraps it up. There's not there's not a that ton felt of other fast. things. It felt fast for the sheer amount of notes that we had. Yeah. That's interesting. I, I, you feel like we usually go longer. Not that not that finishing shorts is a bad thing. Like we usually go, I think, a little too long. But wow, we made it through in an hour and 20 minutes. Um, anything you're looking forward to doing this week, Kevin, or, or anything that's happening? Anything you want to end on? Anything you want to say to our lovely listeners? Uh, yeah, I, I actually have quite a bit like planned out for this week. Um, besides obviously like being live on Twitch. Um, if you guys want to follow me, by the way, I'm Kanashi on Twitch and Twitter. Um, Twitter at underscore at or at Kanashi underscore GG. Um, for Twitch, it is just Kanashi GG. Um, I'm also posting to uh, YouTube and TikTok all the time too. Um, so slowly starting to get into that rhythm as well. Um, I'm picking up a friend from Texas on Tuesday. Um, so that's going to be really interesting. And I have a... Your friend is from Texas or are you going to Texas he's, to pick up he's, a friend? He's from he's from Texas and he's coming okay. to California uh, to go ahead and hang out with us for a little bit. Um, are you going to take but, an in and out? Oh, wait, no. Is, do you have in and out up north or is that a SoCal thing? No, no, no. We have in and out. Okay. I'm I'm okay. for sure taking him to In and Out, but like, I See, now they're, they're gonna bring up the comparisons to Whataburger. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I so think like, In and Out's better. I think so. In-N-Out's here's better the thing. I feel like the the benefit, like people will be like, oh, In and Out's basic and stuff like that, and I I agree. But the reason why In and Out is worth it is its price point, and a lot of people don't take that into consideration. Like, yeah, yeah, I could I could order like a twenty dollar burger, and it's like the best thing that I've ever eaten ever. But like, if it's like midnight and you just want a burger, that's like four bucks. Just go to In and Out, get a good burger, and then just call it. Yeah, definitely. Like i I do think In and Out's one of the better burgers out there. And like, there was a while I held off of, from eating from them because of just their political stance, and then the. Uh, their stance on like covid and vaccines and masks and stuff but yeah eventually i broke <laughs> i mean they they had to shut down for a while because of it so yeah it took, uh, eventually, it took the business l eventually i broke and i, I went back to in and out um but yeah it, it's it's pretty cheap for like one of those like burger joints like you you, you hear people complain i'm uh, not complain but People compare it to like Five Guys all the time. I think Five Guys is a little bit more expensive. Or you hear them compare it to Shake Shack, but like Shake Shack is at least double the price. I think yeah, exactly. for a lot less food. That's why I think it's always like the price point is important. I, as much as I disagree with their politics and the, the politics of the last couple of years with them, like I, I'm still team In and Out for best burger all day. You can't. I I have yet to find a quick fast food joint that is of like similar quality that can compare. Now there there is a burger that I think I found that I enjoy better, but it's more of a sit down restaurant. Like there's this place in um in L A. next to LACMA, next to um the SAG building called uh the counter, and like I didn't oh, the counter. Oh, so you've been to the counter? Yeah, we have we have the counter up here. Okay, like. I was not expecting a lot out of the sliders that I got, but like 
just, I, just the most tender, juicy, delicious burger I've I can remember ever having. Just amazing. So, oof. Now I'm hungry. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go get in and out. Time for in and out. <laughs> and also, like you also mentioned, they're they're open till like two a.m. Yeah. I think like the only other places that are really open that later, like a Wendy's are open late. Exactly. But I'm much rather have in and out over that. Oh yeah, definitely. We we gotta stop before we, we go and make ourselves. We actually hungrier. have to go and get in and out now. So like, Gosh, that's, dang on, it. that's on you. <laughs> yeah. All right. <laughs> it's my fault. Oh, what a delicious fault it is. All right. Uh, thanks, guys, for tuning in and listening to us. Kevin and I are going to go get in and, out, uh, in and out at our respective in and outs. Um, catch you next week and have a have a safe time. Uh, don't die from the weather wherever you are. Adios. Next week, we bring you the latest announcements and news from around the Internet. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. If you like what you hear, please subscribe to us and rate us five stars on all your favorite podcast platforms. You can also follow us on all social media at TwigPod, that's T-W-I-G-P-O-D. And feel free to send us any questions, comments, or any suggestions of topics you'd like us to cover. If you'd like to advertise with our show, please contact our network at Believe.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next week in Geek. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com podcast. That's Indeed.com podcast. Terms and conditions apply.